I'm Hillary. And I'm Sandra. Coming up on the Quick and the Dirty podcast, we're going to talk to Christina Vero. She's a psychotherapist and a holistic nutritionist. We are going to talk about food and how it affects things in the bedroom before and after. I'm just here to find out if oysters make you horny, yes or no. The Quick and the Dirty Podcast with Hillary Welch and Sandra Plagakis. How do you know if you're having a midlife crisis asking for a friend? (laughs) I was going to say, your name is Sandra Plagakis and you just bought a motorcycle. That's how you know. (laughs) It's the clearest form of midlife crises is when you buy a motorcycle. And I always joke when I see someone who buys one later in life, I'm like, somebody's having a hard time at home. (laughs) But I bought a motorcycle. The best thing about all this is not only did you buy a motorcycle, you also bought a midlife crisis car. Oh, yeah. I got a Jeep earlier this year, which I thought was the midlife crisis. And I thought that maybe we were done here because I was enjoying it thoroughly. And I finally bought the car I wanted in life, which I've never done before. And I thought we're good. And then the opportunity to get a motorcycle presented itself. And I just wanted more, Hillary. I just wanted more. (laughs) You can't get no satisfaction, Sandra. But the question is why? Why a motorcycle? Ah, that's a a great question, but I don't think I would have had the, I I don't think I would have gotten the motorcycle. I've always wanted to do it, but I I couldn't because the timing was never right. When you're a young mom, you're not going to get a motorcycle. When your kids are, you know, a certain age, you can't get a motorcycle. There's just, there's no money. There's no time. The the timing was right because my kids are 16 and 18 and they don't give a shit about me. So, uh, if mom dies, it's fine. They'll still live. Yeah, I mean, like, if I'm home, if I'm not home, everybody's doing their own thing. They don't need me to make them food anymore. Fair. You know what I mean? They just don't need me the way they used to need me. So I have the freedom, really, to do what I want to do. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, I have the luxury of having a midlife crisis. It's probably about seven years, eight years too late. I don't know. What is midlife now? Like... Like 40s when people have them. So I I didn't have the midlife crisis at 40. I was having a different kind of crisis. My kid came out as trans at that time. So we were all dealing with that kid. So I I remember thinking, well, I can't have a midlife crisis right now. I got to put it off. So now you're like, "Uh, my time is finally here. The kid's okay. (laughs) So it's my time to break down. That's right. Mom is going to mom is going to have a moment here. Do you, you want to hear the the some people think it's hilarious. Other people think I'm a giant dick for doing this. I went and bought the motorcycle and I didn't tell my husband. OK, so, but what was the motivation of not telling your husband? Like uh, you're like, it's my money. I'm going to do what I damn well want. Yeah. Part of it was uh, rebellion. And not to say that I would have ever had to check in on these matters, but if you're, you know, if you're in a partnership, it's common courtesy to let the other partner know. I would agree to that, right? Right. And we do have joint, all of our money is joint. So it's, I I mean, I should have had a consult. I opted not to. Did you Uh, think he would say no? I was, no, I I don't think he would have said no, but I I was worried that he was going to talk me out of it and say, is now the right time to be spending that money? Um, Maybe you want to pump the brakes on it until next summer. We got a lot going on. I was just worried he was going to talk me out of it. And I I just knew that I wanted it and I was doing it. End of story. And in the end, he really just didn't care. As as if you know my husband, he doesn't care. <laughs> you know what he said? What you know how he found out? Because this is like the ultimate dick move. He's out. Of, he was out of town, and I I drove the bike home on a Friday. He texts me, "How's it going?" And I said, "Check my Twitter feed." <laughs> and I and I put on the Twitter feed a picture of me and the bike. That's with a headline. like breaking up with someone by text message. That was an ultimate dick move. Is it? 
It is. I mean, go girl, but it's a dick move. <laughs> like if he had done it to you, I would oh. be a lot more upset. <laughs> if he had done it to me, I would have been I would have been angry. I don't know why. I know I know that it's I, I, let's just the, the third thing is that I was being selfish and that I can completely admit it was the a pure selfish move to do what I did because it was all about me. It was all about getting this motorcycle. And I even told myself I'll buy it. And if I change my mind, I can always sell it. It's not I'm not going to take that much of a right. financial hit. It's not a big deal. But I think that's what it is. I think a lot of women, especially moms have a really difficult time being selfish because you spend the first 20 years of their lives making it all about them. And that first opportunity to really buy yourself something big. Like I can remember the first time I could afford to buy myself an expensive designer pair of shoes. I didn't need those shoes, but I've like finally could do it. And it feels so good to do that for yourself. Yeah, it it, it really does. You know, there's a moment I think most mothers experience. Um, for me, it was in my 30s. And when your kids are from birth to like 16, you don't, I mean, it's hard. It's it's hard. I can't, I would, your, your whole life is your kids. And I, I, not that I lost those years, but I couldn't do for me the way I wanted to do for me. Which is extra. Let's be honest. You're Sandra Plagakis. <laughs> so when you say about being selfish, like I'm always pretty selfish, you know, <laughs> I, I have, I'm, I'm very lucky in that I have a job that requires me to go out a lot right. to do events. So I get to buy clothes. I get to wear makeup. I get to go out without my husband all the time. And I get to be this person. So I've been so lucky. And but you get this- to tell yourself that, oh, I'm just doing my job. Like, I don't want to <laughs> go out and have fun. Yeah, can you put the kids to bed tonight? Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And he's been great that way. Like, you talk about a great father, a great, like, just great. I I couldn't have asked for a better spouse to handle all the home duties because another man would not have put up with me, you know, fucking off the way I fucked (laughs) off for the last decade for my job. Because I've really, I've I've given a lot to my career. Sandra, I I have to say you've given me a lot to aspire to. Like, I don't have kids of my own, but I still, like, I can't even imagine buying a motorbike without consulting my boyfriend who I do not have shared finances with at this point i know and you know what the other thing i said is because i was like i don't know i must i don't know i i'm i feel like i've been hormonal lately too that's another thing about being my age i get like i become just this giant dick for long periods of time and i'm angry for no reason uh it's called perimenopause yes it is hillary thank you (laughs) i get it Now you're making me angry. And but like somebody asked me about it, I'm like, I'm my own goddamn woman. I'll do whatever I want. I'm like, why are you so angry about it? I'm like, I don't know. But that's like now my go-to answer. I'm gonna do whatever the goddamn hell I want. That's that's why I got the motorcycle. <laughs> now, if you don't follow Sandra on uh, socials, you should check out her Instagram. Remind me what it is. You're just like in my phone, so I don't even think about it now. I know, I know. It's at Sandra Kiss one o five three. Why do you think I'm as adorable as I do? <laughs> I just love that you wear red lipstick in your bucket. <laughs> She's got this bucket helmet. I'm surprised you didn't go for a visor because I feel like bugs in your teeth are not your style. It has a visor in it. Oh, okay. And I do pull it out when I need to. (laughs) Um, But you wear bright red lipstick and these like huge, like Jackie O type sunglasses. (laughs) They're not like the sporty ones you see bikers wear. No. No. They're prescription actually. They're Armani. (laughs) 
not kidding. They're totally Armani. You ride your motorbike with Armani sunglasses and red lipstick. It is That's fantastic. Right. And I actually put the red lipstick in my back pocket just in case I need to do a touch-up and they're like a bug gets stuck to my mouth. All right. so it could happen. It could happen. It could. So, oh. yeah. I already want a Harley, but that's a whole other thing for a whole other day. Uh, but at the moment, I got to tell you, um, the motorcycle thing, I get it's cliche. It's so cliche, too. Anybody who buys a bike, it is. it is. it screams midlife crisis, especially when you do it later in life. Unless you've done it. If you've ridden before, you know that there is a, an element to it that is freeing. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, when I'm on that bike, whatever problem I have that day, I don't have for the 20 minutes, one hour that I'm on that bike. It clears your mind. And I need everybody needs that escape, right? Exactly. But I, I have kind of a more serious question to ask you. All right. Go ahead. And I don't want you to get too teary. So Are you, you, ser- you going to... Oh, okay. Your I know where mom you're going with this. Passed away earlier this yes. year. Yes. Do you think some of it is like you got to you have that feeling like I have to live life now because it doesn't last forever and you're like I'm going to do it. Like do you think any of that comes from sort of that experience? Yep. A hundred percent. It was a, a like a perfect storm of my mother passing away, my midlife crisis having to happen, <laughs> uh, me having the I was financially able to do it. All of those things sort of had to happen. The children are of a certain age. The, the summer was ahead of me. Like all of all of it happened. You're right. And and when your your mother uh, or someone you love dies someone close to you and the way she died she had ALS um and it was it was so fast from from her being healthy to being not healthy to passing away it's a reminder to all of us how fleeting our health is really right Right. And you were you were in that car accident uh just a few weeks ago something can happen in your life just like that you don't know right so, so why not risk your life every day on a motorcycle? <laughs> I'm not going high speeds. I'm driving in the country. I'm super safe. I took a safety course. I'm not. I'm doing. I'm not doing anything crazy. Um, right. Ninety percent Starbucks runs. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like I said on my social media, I'm not a heathen. <laughs> but I, I, I found, I found, I found joy in this place. And if you can find joy every day by doing one thing, why aren't you doing it? That's a good point. Why Why are you sitting around being a miserable fuck? Why? Why are, why are you asking me like I actually am? No, not you. I'm asking people. Like, why? Like, why? Don't if tell you were when I'm a miserable fuck. <laughs> you're not a miserable fuck. But I'm just saying, I have been, I've been, I, you know, when you're, when you realize your kids don't need you anymore and, you know, the, the events are running dry that month, it's like, what the hell am I going to do with my time? Uh, and I want to ride. I just, I want a place to go. Is it I can... also kind of nice that, like, no guy rides bitch. So, like, he's not going to go with you. It's your alone no time. Oh, my God. He has no interest. And I, I also want to say that I, I don't I'm, I'm new to the biker community and the biker culture. But I will say this. I only see like when I was riding in Montreal last week, 90 percent of the bikers I saw had a girl riding bitch. Right. And I'm like, what is that? Why don't these girls have their own bikes? I don't, I mean, I'm sure that they're there because they want to be there, but there's also something about the macho thing. The, right. that, that thing is like, yeah, my bitch is on the bike with me. But, and- or is it like women are more apt to do what their partner wants? Like, if my boyfriend wants to do something, I'll go to spend time with him. But if I want to do something he has no interest in, he will not go. So you think these women are humoring their guys? 
Totally. They're like, well, I might as well spend time with you. Or they will. Women know like the way to a guy's heart is to get involved in their hobbies. Men are not that smart. That's funny because I couldn't give a shit about my husband's hobbies. <laughs> Except the baseball thing because I get something out of it when you travel. Right. And that's the only thing is that we get to go to new places and I want to go to new places. Well, but you've I been can... on a bike. Maybe they are getting something out of it. <laughs> so there there you know i i if you come to ottawa the next time you can always ride bitch with me <laughs> thanks sandra <laughs> and i don't make that offer to just anybody i want you to know that you've been trying to get me to straddle you for years <laughs> <laughs> it's our time girl it's our time have you ever wondered what the relationship is between sex and food? And no, we're not talking necessarily, although we might talk about bringing food into the bedroom. Maybe that'll come later in the podcast, right, Hills? Uh, if we're lucky. If we're very, very lucky. It sounds sticky. <laughs> I'm going to, you know what? I have questions about that, actually. So we'll definitely talk about that. Uh, today, we welcome a psychotherapist and a holistic nutritionist. Please welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast, Christina Vero. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello. So great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for, actually, Christina reached out to us. She's been listening to the Quick and the Dirty a little bit on her way home from work. Um, what made you want to be on this podcast? Because, <laughs> like, there's over 700,000, just so you know. No, really and truly, um, I just really like that, A, you're so funny. And, B, you are talking about things that people don't don't normally talk about which as a psychotherapist who hears a lot about what goes on behind the curtain I kind of like bringing it out in the open so that's something I really appreciate about you too um so you don't mind talking about sticky today <laughs> I do not you are in luck <laughs> awesome let's get sticky all right so before we get to the sticky uh, I want to talk a little bit about sex and libido and diet. I have so many questions. Whatever you put in your body, I know it can do a lot for your hormones. Can you talk about what can actually increase the female and male libido? First of all, you bring up a really good point that the biggest mechanism by which food affects libido is by imbalancing your hormones. And unfortunately, the diet that a lot of Canadians and Americans are eating are not set up um, to help our libido and help our hormones. So the main hormones that we're talking about when it comes to libido would probably be testosterone, which is found in both men and women, um, which is something we typically forget. We usually associate that as a male hormone, but women can have low levels of testosterone too that contribute to low libido. And then there's other hormones like estrogen, cortisol, which is a stress hormone, and then also the thyroid hormone, which can contribute to a low sex drive. So there's a lot that's going on there. Right. And some things beyond your control. Um, actually, no, we can control hormones directly through what we eat, which is really, really good news. So some of the ways... Oh, man, that's a game changer right there. <laughs> so some of the ways that we can do that, one would be, especially with men, we want to increase circulation in the body. And we can do that usually by adding vitamin C rich foods. That's a really good antioxidant that can promote blood flow to the sexual organs. So we usually think oranges when it comes to vitamin C, but actually there's a lot more potent sources of that. So that would be things like red peppers, papaya, citrus fruits, which I guess would include oranges, but also things like Brussels sprouts, strawberries, and pineapples. So that will just help increase blood flow, help men maintain an erection, um, that kind of a thing. <laughs> so I'm going to start cooking dinner before we hang out, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I have all broccoli, Brussels 
sauerkraut, <laughs> lots of veggie side dishes. Yeah. Let's let's have fruit for dinner. <laughs> So what you're saying, though, I mean, again, let's dig a little deeper here on the vitamin C. If I, like, feed my husband vitamin C for dinner, that means he'll want to have sex with me? Well, that is one piece of the puzzle, right? So another piece, I mean, we can get into all the other things that you can do. So part of it would also be cutting out certain foods that aren't helping. So a lot of the times, if we're eating really high diets that are high in refined carbohydrates or sugar, that's going to directly decrease testosterone levels and again that'll be in both men and women and it'll also decrease levels of a hormone called leptin now that's usually associated with telling you when you feel full or not but there's a lot of research that shows that the lower the leptin that you have then the lower your sex drive or sorry the higher the leptin that you have the lower your sex drive will be so we want to stabilize blood sugar levels. We want to make sure that those hormones are in balance. So making sure that he's not just having refined carbs, lots of sugar, that kind of thing, and replacing it with more complex carbohydrates and adding some protein to that meal would be really, really helpful for blood sugar stabilization. Now, what about women when it comes to all the lady hormones? Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of my friends are struggling with things like... Um, endometriosis and pain Mm -hmm. uh, as a result of that during sex. What can you do there? Yeah. So with that, it's usually for women, the hormones that come into play, again, it would actually be testosterone, but also estrogen and cortisol is a big one for women. Cortisol is the stress hormone and that just lowers your levels of sex hormones right across the board because unfortunately when it comes to cortisol it's produced at the expense of sex hormones and i think sometimes where women struggle as well so there's that biological factor of having more cortisol being produced but then also the psychological factor of if you're stressed out all the time you just don't feel sexy because you're just going to be thinking about what you need to do next at work or how much housework you need to do or whatever it happens to be and you aren't able to be in the moment So for that, again, we can decrease cortisol levels directly through food, which is great news. So we can stabilize blood sugar levels. That helps. Also, um, watching your caffeine intake, because if you have too much caffeine, then that's going to really throw your cortisol levels out of whack because there's supposed to be a natural rise in the morning and fall in cortisol levels. And that helps us get a better sleep. That helps us have more stable hormones in general. But if we're having like four cups of coffee a day, we're really messing with that and actually overproducing cortisol in the long run. And that chronic stress is just really going to reduce our libido. I, I'm I'm not liking what you're saying right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I know. I just don't like the idea. I mean, I thought coffee was a food group. I, I really did. So are you actually suggesting you eliminate coffee to increase your sex drive or just decrease it somewhat? Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not saying to eliminate it totally because... There are ways that, that coffee can help with different mental health disorders, actually. And it's actually, it sometimes can be really, really helpful for things like depression in, in terms of just increasing motivation, whatever. But once we go past the 250 milligrams mark, that's when I'm like, Ooh, we need to kind of rethink this. Um, and just to put that into perspective, a grande coffee from Starbucks, you're, at, I think, about 300 milligrams. So you're sort of past. Now, I have a question. Is this the truth for everyone? Because, uh, well, there are some of us who drink a lot of coffee, like a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot of coffee, and are still horny all the time asking for a friend as well. (laughs) (laughs) You bring up a good point, right? Like, it's all individual. And I think that's where sometimes it is a little bit 
frustrating for me as a nutritionist where I see these blanket statements that are made online and then people come in believing them. And while they might be true for the general population, you might be one of the rare exceptions where it's like, oh, coffee makes me horny. And then I'm like, okay, well, then keep drinking coffee. I'm not going <laughs> to knock it if it's, you know, it's not causing me issues. Um, but by and large, uh, we do know that if it's affecting people negatively having lots of caffeine by increasing the cortisol production, then that's something that we can work on. So is it causing you problems? Is it more of a, uh, I'm coming with this problem, we try these things, see if they work, they may, they may not kind of situation? Well, that is honestly how I approach things because, I mean, we sort of, I believe that everybody's body is a little bit of trial and error. And everybody is so different. You know, we all have different lifestyles. We all have different genes. We all have different preferences. And so I can usually have a really, really good idea of what will work. But then if we try it and you're like, okay, this isn't working for me or whatever, then we say, okay, well, then let's try something else, you know? So what about, okay, so let's just, let's say we live in a perfect world and you're drinking one cup of coffee a day and everything's great. What other (laughs) foods would help boost a woman's libido? Sure. So one thing that I think many women are especially a little bit phobic of would would be fat. I think that that's sort of changing now that we're seeing diets like the ketogenic diet and things like that. But for a period of time, everybody was going super low fat. And what was happening was that most of the foods were being pumped with sugars to make them taste a lot better. Um, But we actually really need good fats to produce sex hormones. And so when we have a low-fat diet, then that can severely decrease libido. So making sure that you're getting good fats from a number of sources, whether that's olive oil, coconut oil, nuts, fish, seeds, egg yolks, that's also a great idea. Another thing that we can do for women especially is support their liver because If you have estrogen levels that are a little bit high, we know that that can decrease your libido as well. And so making sure that we can lower your estrogen levels naturally is a bit of a twofold process. So one would be to make sure that your liver isn't bogged down with other stuff and can better detoxify the estrogen out of your system. So Sandra's really not liking this now. (laughs) When you said something we did take care of your liver, I thought, well, mine's really well taken care of. I don't know what you mean. But now now I I realize what you mean. You're saying, I don't even want to say it out loud because the thought is horrifying, but okay, continue. Well, again, so we can take care of the liver and still enjoy things in moderation. So Mm. sometimes, you know, it's about eliminating some things, sure, but also adding things. So we can add some liver-friendly foods to the diet. So that would be things like beets, broccoli, kale, cauliflower, bok choy, onions, garlic. Like those are all things that are really going to help you liver out. And then the second process of, uh, or second part of the process for eliminating excess estrogen would be making sure that you're having regular bowel, bowel movements so that you're detoxifying that way. So just adding fiber to the diet, making sure that you're hydrated, that kind of a thing. It's hard, you know, there's so many moving parts to this in terms of cortisol, testosterone, estrogen, yep. and all the, the, the variables. It, it, you know, it, it would be very difficult, I would imagine, to pinpoint why you would have a low sex drive. How, how is it even possible to figure out what it is? 
such a good question. And that's, it is very complicated because there's biological factors. So again, that would be maybe hormone imbalances, but then also taking into consideration what medications the person is on, because we know certain things like SSRIs. So those are commonly prescribed for depression or anxiety. Sometimes a side effect of those can be lowered sex drive. So talking to your pharmacist or doctor about that might be helpful. Another one that I actually see a lot is different forms of birth control pills can cause people's sex drive to decrease significantly. And sometimes when people just change their method of birth control, we see a huge spike in their libido within about a month or two, which is great because that's a pretty easy fix, um, so to say. I notice especially when people go on the non-hormonal IUD, so like a copper IUD, that can really be associated with an increased sex drive. So is there any way to outrun some of the bad choices you make in life? Because, I mean, you say in moderation, uh, no coffee, take it easy on the booze for the liver and watch what you're eating. Um, You can add the things, but you can't really outrun the fork, right? You know, I live by the 80-20 rule, which means 80% of the time I'm eating a really clean diet with whole foods, liver-friendly foods, all of these things that we're talking about. And then 20% of the time I completely cut myself in slack. So I, I find that that helps me live like a normal human being, but also reap the benefits of eating healthy. Oh, I, Hillary and I live by the 20-80 rule. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Can I, I just backing up for a second, uh, Christina, we, uh, we talked about um, uh, low sex drives in women. What about low sex drives in men? Uh, it, you know, men aren't, for the most part, on birth control pills, as far as we know. Uh, and, and there's, yes. what, are the, what are the reasons why men at varying ages in their lives lives would have a low sex drive. Yeah. And, you know, I think that men having a low sex drive is not commonly talked about. And I know that when I first started being a therapist, I had this assumption that, oh, low sex drive would primarily be a female complaint. And it actually, I was surprised by the number of men that would come in and say, I just don't feel like having sex. And that can be, again, that can be a nutritional thing. So for them, I would say um, zinc-based foods, those help boost testosterone. Also having a healthy BMI, that makes sure that you're producing hormones properly for good sex drive. But then for men, I think as well, there's a level of shame that comes in with having a low sex drive that isn't there as much for women. Because I think men are sort of socialized to think that they should want to have sex all the time. And having that as their metric, and then when they just don't feel like it, sometimes they're like, oh, what's wrong with me? And then that adds this other layer of why they just don't want to have sex. And then I think there's a pressure beyond that where the woman in their life thinks, well, what's wrong with me? You don't want to have sex with me. And that can create some stress as well. Absolutely. And a lot of women, I will say, will sort of make that about them in the sense of, well, I really don't feel sexy and it must be because you're not attracted to me. And while I totally understand why they would feel that way, it does add this layer of pressure for men. And then what I've sort of learned about talking to men is that when they get to in their head, when it comes to having sex, they just cannot feel sexy. They just can't stay hard. They just can't do it properly because they're like, I am so in my head right now. I feel like I need to come immediately or I feel like I need to make sure that she's pleasured or that she feels sexy. And it's just really hard for them. So definitely there's a psychological component for men. So, uh, you know, it, it must be take a pretty brave dude to realize he needs help and go to see a psychotherapist in the very first place. But I mean, but wouldn't, wouldn't oh, right? But uh, further, further to that, wouldn't the first stop be a medical doctor? 
Yeah, and and some men will go go see their doctor, and that can help. Like there are certain medications, or again, we can do nutritional and um, interventions. With men, it comes to sort of increasing circulation and increasing blood flow and things like that. Because if they're obese or they're not eating well or they're just overweight or whatever, um, then it's likely that they're not producing the proper hormones to get their sex drive up or just maintaining good circulation. So that's a natural intervention that we can do. But yeah, in some cases, there's actually a medical issue that's happening that they might need medication for or something like that all right sex hormones aside i want to talk about the myths and the foods that we've been told are supposed to make you feel sexy what's the deal with oysters does it actually work is there actually science or does it just look like a sex organ (laughs) (laughs) a giant clam (laughs) yeah 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 Well, actually, oysters are really high in zinc. So there is some nutritional evidence to suggest that they would help because zinc helps to boost testosterone, which is needed for both men and women. So, but again, oysters aren't the only way that you can get zinc. So you can use spinach, beef, nuts, seeds, lamb, um, especially sesame seeds and pumpkin seeds. So they're not like the only option. I'm not sure why they became the zinc-based food for high sex drive, but here we are. (laughs) Well, that's funny. I've never heard of lamb being described <laughs> as an aphrodisiac. As a Greek, your mind is blown. It makes I so know, much I'm sense. I know. I'm dying now. over here. I had yeah. a ton of I had a ton of lamb over the weekend, and I still felt nothing from the waist down. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> uh, one more pineapple. We've all heard oh, yeah. the rumor that pineapple and pineapple juice is to supposed to make the guy's stuff taste better. Rumor or is it real? You know, I'm not sure if there's ever been a study where scientists have asked that question. Well, somebody had to also, like, be a participant in the study. (laughs) That's the real hero in all of this, don't you think? They had to do the before and the aftertaste. So that person, shout out. Clinical trial. Can you imagine how much that would be? Oh, oh my, my God! They wouldn't pay, and they pay you in pineapples, probably. <laughs> so it's just a letdown in the end. Yeah, talk about <laughs> ruining your relationship with pineapple after that. Age. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any uh, science behind making a guy's spunk taste better? You know, I can't. I have Googled a lot of weird stuff as a therapist, and I got to tell you, that's not something I've yet Googled. But I'm gonna start today. Poor people that look at my Google history, but um, I'm really interested in that. I'm not sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, they'll be like, why is Christina looking up spunk? (laughs) It wouldn't be the worst thing I've Googled for this job. I'm certain it wouldn't be. I mean, you know, I've always, when I have asparagus, everything goes downhill after that when I pee. It just stinks. So, (laughs) Hillary, I think there is something to the whole pineapple thing or whatever. I I mean, there's got to be, right? There's got to be. Why you eat, I would imagine, changes your taste. I would think so, too, because if you are getting lots of nutritious foods and you are, like, doing a good job, then I'm sure that's got to help. I mean, I even wonder sometimes if that would affect, like, your body odor or things like that, right? It just makes yeah. sort of logical sense to me. So I, I think that it would it would help. Like, we well, all know that old guy who eats too much garlic and reeks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, further to pineapple and my issues with asparagus, <laughs> like, I don't... I don't have. I know that if I'm having asparagus, 100%, I won't agree to sex for 24 hours because I, I know that I just my, my pee smells. And you're worried yep. it smells there. Absolutely, nobody wants to be stinky down there. 
I mean, there's, that's just another thing. As a woman, that's just, it's a, it's a worry. So, you know, are there any other foods I need to worry about that are going to mess up my whole uh, body chemistry? I, I don't know. I mean, one that comes to my mind as well would be alcohol, just because, you know, sometimes when people are hungover and then God they damn start it. sweating. <laughs> Sorry. You're just, this is terrible. So you're saying that I just, <laughs> so that I'll have like a, a, a booze crotch? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I've never heard the term booze. Just booze cry. Can you imagine a guy comes up and is like, I'm sorry, you just reek of Merlot. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe he'd be into it. Maybe. Or like a tequila shot or something like that. Is there booze that could help? I'm hoping you just tell me what what to drink, Christina. Oh, that's too good. Um, All right. Let's get into food and the bedroom because chemistry and body chemistry is a big thing. And I know some people are super into food play, uh, whatever that may be. But I would imagine there are certain foods you shouldn't be putting there. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. You have to be, you know, I'm all for bringing food into the bedroom, but you have to make sure that certain things are just in the right territory let's just say because we don't want you to be having an infection afterwards so um you know there's usually things like (laughs) whipped cream chocolate syrup those are usually the go-tos but in that case like keep it keep it north don't go don't go all the way down um and i would also say when it comes to syrups and things like that i would recommend that people put a colored towel down because there's probably nothing sexy about standing up and seeing like brown smeared all over your bed sheets right that would be another tip there. Um, and then another one, there there are some less messy options. So a good one that can be kind of fun is using candy necklaces in different places. Um, so you might sort of put them around somebody's thigh or whatever it happens to be. And then champagne can be really fun, too, because it has that sort of fizz to it. And you can pour it different places. You can sip and then do what you want. So, that so what kind of places and do I have to worry about chemistry with champagne? Like, where would it cause problems? Potentially. I mean, we're like, is the belly button the only option here? No, I would say you could do nipples, you could do belly button. I don't know if I would pour it like directly on somebody's junk, but I mean, having a sip and then going there would probably be just fine. <laughs> now, what about I've heard honey because it's like very natural, natural yeah. like bacteria and Ew. stuff. Ew, that is so great. Can I just say, eh? That's so sticky. And like there's an uh, there's like residue afterwards. I know. And that's the other thing, too. Like sometimes if you're going to be using a lot of food, it might be wise to finish off your sex session in the shower. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. keep it kind of hot, but then at least you're not sticky and feeling disgusting. <laughs> I got to say the whole idea of food play and licking like chocolate sauce off of my lover <laughs> just feels like a waste of chocolate sauce. <laughs> Like, there's nothing sexy about going in for a lick of chocolate and coming out with a hair. (laughs) I wanted to lick some chocolate and all I got was this big dick. You know what I mean? It's, I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. I just, I just, it it feels too contrived, you know? It it almost feels like you're trying to play out a scene in a movie. Maybe you are. I guess so. And then further to that, how many people have tried to do the clay scene from Ghost? Not nearly as sexy. So I just feel like there's a food accident is waiting to happen. We're going to get personal here. Does anyone have any experience with food in the bedroom? I will be the first to say I really don't. Hold on. I have to think back. I mean, it's not my cup of tea. I'll I'll tell you that. I think it's just too messy 
like you were saying. Can I tell you something? I just realized. I feel like, you know, when Hillary asks sexual questions, I have to pause and then I have to go through the Rolodex because I've been with the same guy for so long. Then I have to go, like, I have to do the deep dive into the Rolodex. So it took me a second. <laughs> but very early in my relationship with my husband, when he was still my boyfriend, I, oh my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> Back when we still liked Back each when other. We used, to, we used to bone all the time. Uh, he, I, I came home with edible underwear. <laughs> How did that go? But here's the thing. It wasn't for me. It was for him. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know where I got it. We got it as a joke, and we had it. And I'm like, why don't you put it on? We'll see. And I couldn't. I We could not even proceed with a straight face because it was so ridiculous. It was <laughs> What was it like? A food? Was it a fruit? It was roll like up? a giant fruit like... roll-up shaped like a brief, a man's b- brief. Oh my! It was God. and it tasted like it just tasted like garbage because I took a bite out of it, and then I thought the notion of just like eating my way to your dick is ridiculous. I'm not doing it. It's too much work. I know you're a sure thing. It's too much work to get to it. So we like we we threw it away, and we have never ever to this day spoken of it. And I bet you he probably wouldn't even remember because it's one of those things that you've you know blacked out of your memory. Yeah, so like, are edible edible clothing still a thing? I've seen them, but I don't hear much about it in couples therapy. To be perfectly honest, because it's embarrassing. Well, I think I've seen one of like you were talking about candy necklaces. I've seen a candy thong. I'm in for the like the idea of the front, but uh, the back candies are off limits. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, my God, Hillary. Why? 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 Oh, I need a minute with that. That's absolutely disgusting. Candy thong. Ugh. You know what? I don't like candy that you're now you're ruining candy, actually. <laughs> where, where do we go from candy thong, Hillary? I don't even know where to go from here. Uh, uh, all right. Except, 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 you know, we, we, we talked about the foods that can help your libido. We talked about bringing food in the bedroom. But what about people's relationship with food and how it ultimately leads to your body image issues? And ultimately, the better you feel about yourself, the sexier you feel, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think that something that I noticed is just because of diet culture in general, that I think a lot of women especially sort of have this idea of good foods and bad foods in their head. And for some people, if they sort of break these dietary rules of eating the bad foods, quote unquote, then they feel like they've failed somehow. They feel like they aren't good enough. They're comparing themselves to their friends. And for women especially, I find that their body image plays a huge role in how sexy they feel. And so if you're feeling bad about yourself, then, I mean, it's hard to want to be into somebody else because then all you're focused on is, oh, like, can they see my, my roles? Are the lights too bright and things like that, which just totally takes away from the moment. But I think a big part of that is just diet culture in general and feeling like you have to look a certain way. You have to eat the right foods or good foods in order to be a sexual person. Is there anything you can suggest to help people learn to love the body that they're in right now? Yeah, I mean, one thing I would recommend is just just paying attention to how you talk to yourself and how you talk about your body. And it's something I think we do so unconsciously and so habitually of looking at ourselves in the mirror and pointing out our flaws. And it's basically just really harmful propaganda that we're giving ourselves about 
my body isn't good enough. My body isn't this. My body isn't that. And it might sound cheesy or whatever, but actually noticing when you are doing that and then consciously focusing your effort on something that you like and something that makes you feel good. And another thing I would recommend is that a lot of women, especially women with eating disorders or just disordered eating patterns, uh, we do a lot of what's called body checking. So that might mean like pinching skin at different places or looking at your quote unquote trouble areas in the mirror. And usually when women tell me that they do that or men, but it's mostly women, I'll say like, well, what are you checking for? What is your actual intention when you're checking? And it's usually not good, right? It's to say, oh, well, just to make sure that like my stomach doesn't look too fat or to make sure that I haven't gained weight. And so a quick thing that we can do is stop the body checking. Uh, whatever that means. And for some people with extreme disordered eating, that might mean like not having full length mirrors in the house for a little bit, just while you're able to change your self-talk. And then the other thing is that I sometimes invite women to do a photo shoot. Like doesn't need to be expensive. Um, Find somebody that you trust, whether it's a friend or hire a photographer that's not super expensive, buy some really hot lingerie and just kind of feel sexy. Like just Appreciate your body where it's at. Look at the photos and acknowledge that you can look really sexy at any shape. And sometimes allowing women to get in touch with their sexuality and allowing themselves to just embrace that part of themselves can be really empowering. It's amazing how feeling sexy is really 99.999% mental. Yeah, I, I fully believe that. Uh, and I wonder, you know, I I got to say everything that you just said, Christina, totally resonated with me because I'm totally like that with the body image issues. I look at myself mm-hmm. in the group mirror and then I grab my stomach and I'll be like, oh, look, another handful. You know? yeah. <laughs> and I'll play around with my body and I just and I look at my ass and I'll be like, God damn it. I think it dropped another inch today or something <laughs> like that. You know, like it's it's and I, I joke around all the time and I've I have decent body acceptance because of my age and I've learned to give less of a shit. But at Uh the end of the day, I mean, I, I, of course I wish I had a better body, but I wonder when I look in the mirror and I see myself and my spouse looks at me and naked and sees me like, I wonder what the disconnect is. I, I wonder if he's seeing the same thing I'm seeing is what I should ask. And you know what? I think that all of us have a tendency to be hypercritical of ourselves and a little bit more lenient with others. And So I'm sure that your partner does not see all of the flaws that you do, right? Because he's just not going to be focusing on that. No, and I see he like he's got a he's got a big pot belly now and whatever. He's he's got more hair on his back than skin. (laughs) Like I don't even know if I've seen flesh on his back for years. And Hillary, you can you can back me up on this. I've seen him swim. When he comes out of the water, he doesn't towel off. He shakes off. It's a whole different thing. Uh, no, but but seriously, I don't I don't care. Like I don't. It's just right. hair, right. and it's and I think dad bods are hot. I do. I don't care. But don't you find Sandra too with uh, your partner? I always find that even if there are some flaws, like we all have flaws, I always look for that one thing that like turns me on. And when I'm getting down, like, I only really notice the one or two things that you're like, wow, I'm really into that. And all the other stuff fades away. Whereas, like, with yourself, the things you hate are the only things that you notice and the other stuff fades away. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have quite a I have quite a chesty chest she's chesty (laughs) mcgee chesty mcgee over here and i and i honestly 
I have men constantly looking at my chest because they're giant gazumbas. And I always think to myself, <laughs> it's not you... just men, by the way. <laughs> I know Hillary's been dying to motorboat me for years, but it's. I always think to myself, you like him now, but wait, if you, if I took my shirt off and the bra comes off, you'd be, you'd be sorely disappointed. And that's what I always think. Always, mm. always, 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 because they don't have the elasticity they once had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I always want, I, anyway, I, I, that, that's like my go-to is I'm like, oh man, they're not what they used to be. That's too bad. The thing is uh, that most guys aren't going to notice that. Totally. Like, they didn't necessarily notice what they used to be. I mean, your husband might, but he doesn't remember what happened yesterday. He doesn't even know his name <laughs> barely anymore. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I get what you're saying. I do the comparison. They have nothing to compare it to. As far as they know, I'm just I'm just an aging lady with saggy tits. <laughs> <laughs> but I was also thinking about our conversation about attitude and it was kind of making me think of, you know, when you're at a wedding or somebody and somebody's dancing and they're a really bad dancer, but they're having a really good time. And that, yeah. at least for me, that's the only thing I noticed is that they just are feeling themselves. They're having a great time. And I couldn't care less about their dance moves. And it's the attitude that they have. And I feel like we can almost apply that to the bedroom, too, where if you're coming in feeling super insecure and self-conscious, then that's pretty, you can feel that, you know what I mean, as another person. But if you come in and you're just confident and you own your body and you rock it, then that is really sexy. Yeah. You know that Amy Schumer movie? It came out a year ago where she looks in the mirror and she sees, you know, a size yeah. two. And t- I love that movie. I just Me I just too. love that movie because of her attitude in it. And 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 obviously the guy she was with thought, you know, he just thought she was the greatest because of her attitude. Yeah. So if we've learned anything today, we should feel ourselves more. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Figuratively and literally. <laughs> <laughs> I'll feel you anytime, Hillary. Uh, did this just get X-rated? <laughs> yeah, it just did. Uh, Christina, I can't, we can't thank you enough for coming on the Quick and the Dirty podcast. Thank you for being a listener uh, and thank you for being a guest today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure and you guys always make me laugh. So thank you so much. Christina, if people want to get a hold of you, where can they find you? Sure, you can go to my website. It's fresh-insight.ca or you can follow me on Instagram at Fresh Insight Health and also on Facebook at Fresh Insight Health. This episode is over, but the conversation doesn't have to be. Follow Hillary and Sandra on social. Instagram at Hillary on Air at Sandra Kiss 1053. Twitter at Hillary Welch at Sandra Kiss 1053. And on Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. Got a question? Email Hillary and Sandra, the quick and the dirty at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can download the podcast each week to your mobile device to listen offline. Find the quick and the dirty on FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts.